Welcome to the third best award-winning podcast episodes in the world, the Debriefing Mr. Luna podcast with, in this case, Mr. Luna is the senior. Yeah, hey. And I am the Do you want me to do something? Okay, so this is the after show for An Evil Son. Uh, Yes. Yeah, the, the Greyhound bus beheading. Uh, big case here in Canada, one that I covered before actually, and took it off of the Dark Topic catalog and now the Crime Machine catalog because <clears throat> it was a little. Um, all the information was there, but it was like I don't know. I, I really went off script quite a bit with it, and it was it was a bit of a turnoff. But I think I got it right this time. I really feel good about this one. It's a nasty case. Did, I, hmm? did you feel Did you feel turned off by your your case or that you did before, or did you do you feel like the yeah. audience was? No, uh, the uh, parent, Well, the audience at the time liked it. I guess I, I had like all seven of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I had like seven, well, 700 probably. <laughs> so, oh, but anybody oh, can get crazy. 700 listeners these days. Just call yourself. Yeah, according to our, <laughs> according to today's listeners, everyone has a podcast. You can. Yeah. When I got 500 listeners, I thought that I, I was like, man, 500. I remember, I've said this before, I believe, but like looking up, what does 500 people look like? I was like, oh, wow. When I was a kid in the gym, when I was watching, like, you know, uh, the principal speak about the rules of the school, that's how many people are listening to the podcast. That's how many people in the gymnasium. But yeah, no, anybody can get that now. So that many people. When you got 500 or 800, you were probably like, go downtown in your town of 800 or just kind of saunter. Yeah, you got. Walk there and like, hey. Right? Hey, I'm the. I'm that guy. Every one of you is, could be listening He's to listening. my podcast. <laughs> you represent the audience. The uh, the Greyhound bus beheading, though, I went a little far with having some kind of... I was drunk when I did it. So I was, had this conversation with the victim, who's Tim McLean, because I, I related to him to a friend of mine. And I don't know, back then I was doing really weird stuff with, with the podcast. I didn't know what I was doing, really. So I was sitting there picturing the ghost of Tim McLean as I was writing, which actually would happen. Like these things happen while you're creating something, right? Like you imagine stuff. Right. And I started talking about that. About how, like you know, like I wouldn't let him, <laughs> I wouldn't let him down, <laughs> and all this stuff. And later on, it was embarrassing to listen back to it for me because it's like, you know, this is a really serious thing that happened. And what are you, you stupid drunk, acting like you know well, you have that much insight into this? What role were you playing in with the ghost of <laughs> Tim McLean? Were you the, were you the voice in his head, or were you like? What were Tim you, McLean's what not the role? guy who did the stuff. Oh, Vincent yeah. oh, Lee's. Crap, yeah. I wasn't sitting with Vince Lee. Fuck him. Okay. I was sitting with a ghost You're... of Tim McLean. And <clears throat> oh, I see. So you were taking it from the aspect that you will represent him well in your podcast. Yes. I, embarrassingly, the way you retell. that's hard. Ah. Yeah. See, isn't that embarrassing? So, like, I was acting like I was like, uh, yeah, his big brother or something, and speaking for him. Like, that's kind of the the approach I took. <clears throat> which uh, which is embarrassing. So I did. So I got rid of it. Where is that episode now? That's a shame. Pardon me. It's embarrassing right now. Where's you? that episode now? Where is that now? It's gone. I can't even find it. Honestly, I can't oh, even that's... find like the the rough copy of it. I wish I could. I can't. Jeez. Maybe I will. Someday. It's like been. It's like been severed or beheaded from the back catalog. You're horrible. The but also like it. I can't even find a script for it. Like, I can't find anything to do with that. So, anyways, I rewrote it. I wrote it based off of everything that I know. This happened half an hour away from my place, probably more like 45 minutes. But I've driven past the um, the cross that's put there for him, and there's lights all around it. His mom has put lights all around it. Uh, what are they called? Solar lights. So he's never left in the dark, she says. Wow. And uh, you, you can see it at night when you drive past it. Um, so, you know, it's a, clo- it's a case that's close to home, a big case in, in Canada that none of us will ever forget. I remember when it happened being like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Because I, I, w- I would ride on buses and all that, and it could have happened to me. Let's get into it anyway, Sop. You got some questions about it? I- I'll just keep rambling. Yeah. Well, he- so let me give you a couple. So um, in this case, your answer may be a bit dynamic because this question actually has some I don't know, a couple of ways I could see you taking this. So I'll be curious how you answer this. So what motivated you this time to do this, to do this as a crime machine episode, having 
you know, was it more recompense for what you did before to the ghost? <laughs> or was it more like, hey, I'm going to take another stab at this sort of like, you know, <laughs> second round Mona Lisa painting? Jeez. Or what was, what was it that motivated you? Because I know you well enough that like you're like, sometimes you're like, nah, I've covered that or that's been covered too much or whatever. And so we don't, we don't approach a certain topic or, or case. Okay, yeah. No, I get you. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you the How truth. about you finish <laughs> opening your can of Girl Scout cookies before you... <laughs> oh, is that nic- your nicotine gum? <laughs> sorry, nicotine well, I actually have, I have Girl Scout cookies right <laughs> here. Yeah, you would be I doing have, them. I have chosen, unlike you, to not open them during the <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm dying here. I usually have cigarettes. Dude, chew, chew away. I, I can cut out your mouth noises. Oh, yes. Don't worry, brother. You love all that work. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was ridiculous. I opened up... <laughs> Crickle, crackle, crickle. And not even like, it wasn't even like crickle, crackle. And then, you know, you're like, okay, I'll talk as soon as I'm done. And then he'll just cut out the, you're like, crickle, crackle. And anyway, let me talk over the crickle, crackle. When I was on the Jeez. nighttime podcast, he's like, can you stop lighting cigarettes? And so, <laughs> but then on here, like to open up some Nicorette gun and start chewing on it is egregious. Truly. Yeah. Like, I, well, it is funny. Like I'll, when I, when I edit the podcasts, ours, whatever we're doing together, I can totally tell where you lit up a cigarette. Cause like it blows my ears out for like one sec. It's like crack. <laughs> Sorry. I know. I used to do it to Leroy, just cracking beers open in his ear. <laughs> All right. So anyways, the, the reason why I wanted to go out to this is uh, the, the absolute honest truth. I won't try to make up whatever backstory on this he, straight up. He haunts everybody, not just me. This this case haunts everybody. Tim McLean haunts me. Um, yeah. It's not right what happened. Clearly, it's not right what happened. It's not right that this guy was let go. If somebody cut my brother's head off and ate his eyeballs and his nose and his tongue and was taunting everybody with it and was, like, smearing his fucking insides all over the place and putting them in bags and the police show up and they don't even intervene. They don't even throw tear gas in through the window. They don't try to do anything to stop it. They just wait him out. It's not like he's sitting there um, trying to negotiate with them. He's in there mopping the f- the floor with a dead body, like as I described, like a, um, a scarecrow with no stuffing in it, with no straw in it. Um, it just bothers me. Here, I'll add, I'll add to that. It, this scene was so bizarre. We'll, we're going to role play for a second. I'll be the cop that just takes you down outside, Vincent. Ugh. And you be Vincent and, and you respond to my question. Ready? Here we go. Ready. All right. Vincent, I got to reach in your pockets. Is there anything that's going to poke, stab me, or cut me? What will I find in your pockets? Uh, right. It might, <laughs> it might smell lick or hear you. I don't know, man. Yeah. yeah is there any. <laughs> For real, because you have eyeballs and nose, two ears and a tongue in your pocket. We sh- we sh- we should we should mention off that you found the the photos that I was never able to find. Oh gosh, uh, the operator pays for his service, and he won't even talk about it. I bet, but but he showed me he showed me photos of this the aftermath that I had never seen before. I searched high and I searched everywhere for these, and he showed him. I thought he was joking. I. Th- Honestly, man, oh. I thought you were showing me a Mr. Potato Head, and I'm not joking. It was interesting because they pulled... Okay, so for those that don't know the case well, after they grabbed Vincent, he had, he had taken the eyeballs, cut the nose off, cut the ears, and cut, cut Tim's tongue out and had them in his pockets, and they pulled them out. So this photo that, that we're talking about, all of those various and sundry body parts were laid out but they were laid out whoever laid them out didn't like just willy-nilly lay them out it was like eye eye where it's supposed to go nose yeah. ears to the side tongue it was it that was disturbing <laughs> it was to see disturbing that. also well the eyes weren't all there because vincent had eaten around what the iris would be considered the, the bulb or the white the, the white part but left the irises so that yeah. those irises yes it was very it was like a creepy Mr. Potato Head staring at you. It looked like two black olives. It looked like two. I, yeah, I, that's why I thought you were screwing with me. I thought I thought that you were you because yeah. I, I, I had never seen that before. And then you showed me the head without the eyes and then the jaw because he had he had bitten off the lips and and really gone to town there. Anyways, I'm not sure where to go with this. For anybody who really doesn't know about this case, let, let me let me really very quickly. Well, you've already heard you've already heard it, but when I first heard it, it's like. 
I don't know, a kid's just sitting on the bus going home, and a dude starts smashing him with a big Rambo-style knife. The kid gets up, jumps over him, he cuts his head off, everybody goes screaming off the bus, and then he's shaking the head in front of everybody and starts eating all the body parts while he's looking at everybody at the window. It, like, it was terrifying. It was, it was the worst, it was really scary, man. I'll tell you, I could see the, I could see that there was a high level of shock and awe if you had just heard that story and it was like more to follow as the, as the, as this case unfolds. But to me, the the part that really I think is haunting, and and I would say even, man, I don't know what the word is. It's like you know how grim fairy tales oftentimes were unresolved at the end, or like. Mm-hmm. Somebody, you know, just bad things happen, and it was like the end. Sure. Um, that's how I feel like this one went. It's like man was driving on the bus, resting his eyes, killed, beheaded. Man goes to prison. Man gets out. The end. The end. That's the part that I think is haunting. Is that uh, somehow uh, not not by any any merit on his own, but that on paper. The law said, okay, we're going to set a timer and we're going to let this guy out regardless of any, like, yeah. stipulating yeah. F- information. Yeah, man. It doesn't even feel real. Because I remember when it happened, everyone that I was speaking to, and then I moved out here. I, I, you know, I wasn't living here when this happened, but then I moved out here and I realized that it had happened so close. And everybody was talking about it. And first of all, you can't believe it even happened in the first place. This would have scarred everybody regardless. But... The fact he's let go, ah, like he's out there, like he's out there now. Here's the thing. There are a lot of people who are schizophrenics, but not all of them end up chopping people's heads off and chopping their noses off, their tongues off, whatever else. And when you hear the psychiatrists talk about it, they're like, well, he's as much of a victim as anybody else is in this because it's his mental illness that causes it to happen. Come on, man. Doesn't that seem like he's got like a higher level of this though, like a bigger dose or, or that he's more susceptible in a evil way or a strange way, in a violent way than, than other schizophrenics are. I've met schizophrenics. I mean, they're not like this. Yeah. So this guy's potential for recidivism is is got to be super high. <clears throat> it just... On paper, you would even think that someone would be looking at it going, on paper, we're supposed to let this guy go. But on paper, it also looks like this guy would be a high level of recidivism for the same crime. You know what they keep on saying, too? It's like, well, we got to follow the letter of the law, or we got to follow the law. We gotta f- Dude, how about you rewrite the law on something like this? Okay, how about this? Let, let me ask you this. Let me pose a situation for you. I have in the past, I've been on a, I've been on a drug prescription, which changed, was a, was a, a you know... Mood stabilizer? What would they call it? A mood stabilizer, right. The whole point of the mood stabilizer is to stabilize your mood. <laughs> I can tell you firsthand that if you're on this for long enough, that you you start to feel like, I don't know if I need this anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you can, you take yourself off of it, whether the doctor says to or not, a lot of people do. They keep saying the law, the law, we have to follow the law. Well, let me ask you this. It Shouldn't you think there should be a certain level of accountability for someone that disobeyed the prescribed treatment for their illness and and because of that caused a crime right i mean to me i think that we're not follow there is like no law associated with well here's the thing a doctor says it's like the, there, there's there's an unending like get out of jail free free clause here where it's like well the illness told them not to take the medication because yeah the illness is real the voice is real He's going to listen to the voice because, the, listen, when when you're a regular person, when you're just like a menial job worker, he, he works at Walmart, McDonald's, wherever, and he's, he's a highly intelligent person from where he's from, Wuhan. Um, <laughs> He'd be dead right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I'm not even talking about the crime. Yeah. That's one Greyhound bus <laughs> to heaven. <laughs> It's not xenophobic or whatever they call that either. I mean, like no. he no, he would be where he's from. He know that's just don't lick your pets phobic. <laughs> don't lick your the pets you're selling at the market. Right. Phobic. Yeah, yeah, your wet market. Right. That's a strange zoo. Don't eat your bats. Don't eat, don't don't mix your uh, crocodile meat with your um, your albatross meat. But the like he he knew what he was doing, dude. Like he 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 lost it. 
He went full out with it. He was like, okay, I'm empowered by this voice. I have a voice in my mind. I get it. I have mental illness. But this mental illness has tuned me into to a God that, it, that is real. And it makes me better than everybody else. I, th- I, I know that people think this way that are, that are schizophrenics. They, they've told me in the past, if I was a schizophrenic and I started hearing voices, I'd be like, oh, I'm chosen. Like, th- this is a real voice. Like, you know when you have a dream? Okay, let's put it this way. You know when you have a dream and you're like, I've never thought about those things before. I saw things I've never seen before. And the detail was so exquisite that there's no way that my mind made that up. Mm-hmm, right. that, was, that was gifted to me in some way. That's how they feel. The voice is having full conversations with them. The voice is arguing with them in, in a way that they could not even manipulate somebody else. It, like the, the potential, this, this voice is like, um, have, has an intelligence beyond what, what they're capable of. And they recognize that. That's why they listen to it. So, All right. so... And he followed it to a t- like he followed it to such an extreme. So now to have this guy loose and not be checked on for his medication, like I said in, in the in the episode, what's to stop him once it starts to whisper from just taking a day off and then another day off? It's it's just like being an alcoholic or a drug addict. You just say, hey, maybe you know I've been good for a while. Maybe maybe I'll smoke one cigarette. Maybe I'll take one shot. Maybe I'll snort one line. And then it's all downhill. You know. You have HIV. You know, you got five heads in your apartment, and you're like, what's going on? <laughs> hey, so it, it, I just thought of something. I, I thought, hey, this might, if, if, if I could ever restructure the laws around crimes, especially having to do with mental illness, I think it should be a twofold approach. Because, like, if you're not crazy, you know, you get, you, you, and you commit a crime, Okay, the crime part of the law must be satisfied. So you, you kill somebody and you're not crazy, found crazy, or you're not found mentally insane, then you, you do X, Y, Z because that's what's associated with that crime. You know, sure. You're punished for X, Y, Z time. Uh-huh. If, if, it's a, if it's a twofer, you know, you're, you're a, you committed a crime and you're mentally insane, mm-hmm. I think that... The, the, the extent of the law should be satisfied for your crime. And then there also should be some type of, I don't want to say it's like another round of imprisonment or something, but I think there, there should be a, a, a probation, a probationary period where your mental health is actually in, continue, maintained. You know, we, we seem to stop all the, all the, all the cars at the same time were like, okay, this person did a crime. He was crazy. He, 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 he satisfied the extent of the, yep. what the law says he should do sure. from a crime standpoint, but he was crazy. So, you know, yeah, we'll just let him go. I feel like there should be an extended period of time where his mental health is more of a concern to the, the, the lawmaker. Get, get you, man. Hey, listen, I don't think any of us have the answer. I hear you hundred percent. Like if, if you, you could be as idealistic or di- diplomatic and as fair as you want to be, and not that you're, I'm not accusing you of this, but I'm saying if you, you, if you want to be that way in a utopian society, how you deal with an outlier and, and, and the best way, like how they do in Finland and put them in a fucking, in, in like a, in a cell where you feed them like really nice meals every day and show them what it's like to be treated like a real human being. And maybe that works. That's fine. But let, let me ask you this, just in, what would you do? If you, if you were the lawmaker, if you were the one who was to, to, to lay down the judgment, I, I'm interested to know, what would your judgment be on Vince Lee from what you know about this case? Mental illness, everything, everything involved, the whole soup. What do you do about this guy? I don't know. I, I'd probably do something pretty similar to what I just said in that I, uh, his assess, his, not only his assessment of his, his mental illness, but his dereliction in treatment of his mental illness, I think is a major factor here. You, if you are that severely, you know, I don't know, his, I'd have to read his file or if that's even, or, or listen to what his psychiatrist previous had said about him. Not much. But if it's that, okay, if, if, if it's as severe as, you know, hearing voices to the point where you kill someone, I'm going to take that very seriously. And you are, you just fast tracked yourself to a long, a long period of mental health uh, repair, evaluation, right. pre, post, uh, imprisonment, whatever. And 
And the, the crime must be satisfied. I gotta, I gotta tell you though, man, that Canada frustrates me when it comes to the, <laughs> geez. I mean, think about this. If you're a crazy, crazy criminal, not, not a mentally ill one, but just a criminal, criminal kind of guy, it, you could literally be sitting on your couch tonight going, man, I could do the worst thing I wanted. Yeah. I can't be killed for it. Right. And I'd be out by 45. Totally. No, for sure. There's no, no two ways about it. For sure. I mean, to some people, they're like, that's worth it. Yeah. That's, I, I could go kill that guy and I'd be out by 45 and I still have 20 good years in my life. Yeah. Okay. It's, 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 it's hard for me because I understand what Canada's trying to do. I really, I get it. I, I understand that they're trying to give the benefit of the doubt. They're trying to understand why something can happen. They, they don't subscribe to the theory that there's evil and good in the world, and that someone could be affected by something. It's got to be clinical. It's got to be that his mental illness overtook him. Now he's showing signs that he's completely remorseful, and now he's you know showing um, he's, there's optimi- optimism in the way that he's approaching the world. Great. Let him go. Uh, here's his medication. Won't happen again. Blip on the radar, like I said. Here's the thing, man. He's a nice guy. He's a calm guy when you're around him. You enjoy being around him. Yeah. Mm. That's, that, that, that's the type who's easily manipulated, yeah. okay? And that's the reason why this fucking shit happened in the first place. As soon as an aggressive voice came into his mind, the opposite of what he is, that's what mental illness in a lot of ways is. It's, 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 like, it's like you have a malfunction in your, in your mind and, and everything that you don't want to be becomes, becomes an option. Like, you know how, like, when you're, like, oh, sitting on the edge of a balcony, you're like, oh, man, to jump here would be really weird. Mental illness is like jumping. Yeah. Well, and I think we all do it to a certain degree. Like, there's something inside of us when we're there, and it's like, jump. Yes. Jump. And it's, yes. it's weird. But you're right. Uh, you, you're, uh, th- there is a certain level of immense reality that these people feel that it's not just something they can dismiss, right? They're looking for their way. And if something suggests all the ways in which they could be empowered and become powerful and become something and become be, for, for there to be a reason for for who they are, like they're lost, dude. Me- mentally ill people. You met, meet any mentally ill person, they feel like they don't fit in. They feel like they um, they're they're lost in this life, and um, they have ups and they have downs. So so if there's some and they're misunderstood and they're misunderstood, sure, and they are and they are okay, they are right, but. When you get on a bus and pick the smallest dude off the bus, let's, let's take a look at that. Tim McClain was the smallest guy on the bus. Tim McClain was the only one that acknowledged Vince Lee. And Vince, Vince obviously took that as like, you know, that, 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 that shot everything off in his mind. Mm. But, dude, Tim McClain was so small. He, he was uh, completely overpowered. I think there was, there was pieces in, uh, in Vince's mind that knew that he was going to be able to complete this without much... Uh, without much issue. And uh, I don't know, to answer my own question, what I would do with Vince Lee after all of this, my initial... Yeah, what would you do? Because it's it's a confounding one for me. He should have been shot by the police. When when they... Well, no, see, I can't even say that. I can't even say that, man. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what to do. Okay, if we were to see that out, there was one chance for them to shoot at him. When he was holding and the head up he, and shaking it in their faces and I wouldn't even say then because the situation he was not it's crazy to say it wasn't life threatening at that point. No, it wasn't. But he had already done what he had done at that point. He was in a metal giant metal and glass box. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't a threat to anyone else. Mm-hmm. The point where they had the option to shoot was he tried to escape out the back of the bus. And they could have just let that... He tried to drive the bus away before that, too. Either one of those, they could have just let that play out a little bit longer and then green-lighted the sniper. Or... You know what I think, buddy? You know what I think, Op? He, he, everybody was... <laughs> everybody felt the same way that, that you feel when you first hear this case. They were just in shock. Aghast. Yes. Totally. It, you hear everybody talk about it afterwards, too. Like, everyone who was on the bus is a hero. That's why I threw that part in, because they are. The only real hero on this probably was the truck driver who went on the bus. And now, I've read all the stories, the victim impact stuff, like uh, people losing their children, people becoming alcoholics and drug addicts afterwards. One of the Mounties uh, committed suicide, uh, not as a direct result of this, but a cumulative. And this certainly did not help. This this was this was uh, this was a big deal, man. This was unprecedented. I mean, this is never something like this had. Ha- sure, it's happened behind closed doors. You talk about Dahmer, or Armin Mavis, or you know, whatever. 
this happened on a bus in front of a whole bunch of people. Then it happened in front of the police. Um, clearly, it was a mental break, but damn, man. Well, let me let me ask you this, because you know we 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 uh, we we apply different levels of severity to murder, right? You got like manslaughter, one, two, you know, first degree, second degree, all those. And there are different factors, right? Um, if the, the person is determined to be mentally ill, is it just like a big broad brush So they're like, they woke up that morning mentally ill. By 5 p.m. they killed somebody because they were still mentally ill. Or does mental illness come in bursts? You know, kind of thing. Because what I'm wondering is it seemed as if there was some premeditation here. I mean, the, the, the victim was random, but he, 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 he was him. intent on doing so. He, yeah, I mean, <sighs> getting on the bus, uh, preparing himself with the knife, all those things. Like, he knew, what, he knew he was going to do something. To just broad brush it with he was mentally ill, I'm not quite sure that... that here's, it, here, here's what it is, man. No, no, I love what you're saying. Like, there, there was a... Okay, uh, this, this is hard for me to say. When I did the podcast, when, when I when I recorded it, I said he's powerless to his mental illness or empowered by it. Like when I said the empowered part, that was ad libbing. Like I threw that in because I realized I was like, or he's empowered mm. by the voice in his mind to do things that he feels powerless to do normally. I I really think they're missing something. I, I really do. I really do. You know, you can imagine what it's like to be mentally ill by having a fantasy about something that you know you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Fantasize about anything you want to fantasize about, okay? Anything. Mentally ill. Ment- mentally ill, um, the, the, the point where it, where it becomes mentally ill, and I'm not a doctor, clearly, is when you think that's real. When you think that's like your true mindset and that those things are possible to actually happen. But again, if, if that's the case, then, then, then any fantasy that any mentally ill person would have then we'd have like a, a pandemic of horrible shit right like this happening this is very rare dude like this doesn't happen all the time yes that's what i going back to like an earlier argument i was trying to make is exactly that it's like okay you're mentally ill that that is that is something that i can i can get behind and support and you know work to try to mitigate or, or even look at the laws and say let's do this let's let's help these people let's support this situation but there's a level of accountability. You have give you are given everything that society can possibly do to to mitigate your the effects of your mental illness. Then you make a choice to stop to stop implementing those solutions. And we're supposed to just use the mental illness uh, excuse to 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 justify that. And so it's just sort of erased. It's like he stopped taking his medications yeah. oh because he was mentally ill oh okay never mind no no there was a pl- there was a program in place to help him that's where i lose it because having you know i having taken a mood altering uh, what what did we call it before i don't know a mood altering drug did you a mood, a psycho, oh, a psycho so, sorry a, a mood stabilizer mood stabilizer right right having taken one and knowing that you get to a point where you could turn it on turn it off I don't take that upon myself to say, oh, I'm good now. Because you get off of it, and then you're not good. Here's the and, thing. You know, yes. It, that, yes. Sorry. Go ahead. Go and ahead. I made that choice. I made that choice, right? And so mm-hmm. he made that choice. I feel like there should be some accountability for Of course there should dismissing be. The, the treatment. fuck are we doing here? Are things that good oh. that we can let guys go? We, we, we have that many flat screens and that many smartphones in our pockets and that much money in our bank that we can start letting guys go for cutting kids' heads off and eating their tongues and their hearts while their mums cry their eyes out and their lives are over and he's allowed back on the street to hop on a bus so my kid could be on and enter a college program where my kid could be in when he could have a mental break and miss two pills and think that he's actually being communicated to by a god that he's that special the reason why he did it in the first place because he thinks he's special because he's not special it's like an offsetting man it's a, it's a very ultra opposite effect what we we we, <laughs> we let it go and we'll just wait and see. So the wait and see, the, the wait and see part is, is I think the challenge, because here's the deal. The law is the law is the law. And, you know, and we all say, we all say, okay, well, the law, you know, the law states this. So we're kind of hand, hand, we're, we're um, tied to, tied to it. Here's the thing. Wait and see. If Vincent goes out and kills someone else, then the lawmakers are going to be like, okay, all right, we got to reassess the law. 
That's what it's going to take to make the law not seem so crazy, is one guy who, who repeats in such a severe manner, suddenly, then we are like, okay, maybe, maybe this is a weird law. <laughs> you know? It seems... Well, it's, it's like the... Uh, you know, we're waiting for the other knife to drop. <laughs> yeah. The other head to roll. It's all, I mean, all, all literal. No, it, it's the way it always it's, is. You're right. I would love to live in a society where we get ahead of things a little bit, you know? You said get ahead of things. <laughs> no, but I mean, really, where you foresee things, where you can, you, you feel it out and you, you kind of like uh, protect against the possibility of it happening rather than um, protecting against it ever happening again. Um, unfortunately, you know, the way things are. You see it with this coronavirus, and I know we said we weren't, weren't going to talk about it, but all the politicians just waited until the people were behind it. Oh, the people are freaked out? Okay, I guess we'll be freaked out too. Hey, the people are relying on you, man. We're going to work. We need you to be looking into these things to tell us if it's a threat or not. You're waiting to see how we respond to it? And now we all got it, probably? I mean, yeah, dude, what are we doing here? To that point. To that point, here's an interesting thing. So I looked at a map last night of the United States as far as the infectious, the spread of that virus, right? Mm -hmm. The whole USA is red, except for three states, Idaho and then like, I don't know, a couple over on the East Coast, like South, South, Mid, I don't know what that's called, Central, South. The ones that aren't tested people. So that's the thing, <laughs> to your point. Is I'm looking at Idaho and I'm like, man, go there. Nice. There's no. And then I find out today, it's like, oh no, they just didn't have the means to test it right away. I knew it. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's like, and and why? Because of bureaucracy, because of politics, and it's like, I don't know. I'm 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 verklempt about all of this. Dude, that's a great word. What did you just say? What was that word you just? Said? I just said about all of this. You said verklempt or something. Oh, for klempt? What's that? It's a word that I learned from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> okay, man. It means sad or, or confused <laughs> or, or stopped up by a by mental block. Right on. Or something. And then there's always drinking coffee afterward. That's what I heard. Right on. Hey, listen. Here's the thing, man. It's just... I think the world's going to come to a point, you know, like right now we're in the spot where we, we're, we're all fairly comfortable. We all feel fairly safe and nice. I mean, when this comes out, who knows? See, we're, we're, we're recording this and things are changing very quickly with this coronavirus thing. That's why we didn't want to bring it up because who knows? By the time you're hearing this, uh, Tom Hanks, Denzel Washington, and uh, Matt Damon could be dead. You know? You could, we could be, you could be listening to this from the ghosts of, Jack and Op passed. Yeah, we could be dead. Or we could be dead. That's why I'm chewing Nicorette right now, because of my lungs, I don't want them to be compromised. And it's true. That's why I am, because I'm worried about my family. That's why I've had this. Yeah, I've been on this coffee colonic the whole time. That's why. <laughs> that's why you've been stuffing coffee beans in your butt for three months. This whole time. But That's right. <laughs> it's a, I'm not crazy. It's in a good Arabica blend. Yeah, I bet. At the end of the day, th this this was a very tribal feeling case. You know, this was a very like people. Yes. Um, it was so hardcore and over the top and nasty and in your face. And I'm doing everything I can. I'm mopping the floor with this kid. I'm cutting his head off. I'm eating his eyeballs. I'm cut cutting his tongue out. I'm eating it. I'm putting it in my pockets. I'm cutting his dick off, dude. All that stuff I didn't mention, but I'm gonna say it now. All his genitals were fucking mashed. Like like like. The the the, the uh, mother, sorry, the stepmother said that there was no hand to hold. There was no foot to touch. Like, they, they wanted to say goodbye to him. There was nothing left. He just annihilated this kid. And it was so barbaric that it seems like it, it uh, deserves almost a barbaric response. Right. And we can't do that in 2008 nope. when this happened, right? What are we... Oh, yeah, 2000. <laughs> this is 12 years ago. I was trying to remember what year we were in. What year? Well, yeah, who knows? But, um, you know. It put a lot of things on stage. It put the, the severity of the crime. I think it also put the, the, the Canadian law on front and center on stage as well, you know? Yes, definitely. Well, here's the thing. Such a, sorry, yeah, thank you. you. You got me back. Such a barbaric crime got such a, such a weak response to it. Like, such a yeah. weak... God, fuck, that's weak, man. You let him go? Yeah. 
Dude, you let him go. <laughs> I want to I want to know like uh, let him go. It, you know, there are certain things where you're like I want to meet the person that you know, I want to meet the person that did that cuz I'm going to punch them in the face. I really would like to know the people that are like pro let this guy go. Like, are they still in office? Because I can't imagine that we revoted those people in. I can't. No, well, I don't know. It is so severe. I don't think you vote in psychiatrists. See, that's another thing that that, that people need to talk about is who you're voting in that, that really has has the same, like, at least in Canada. Because at the time it was uh, Harper, who was like the conservative, you know, prime minister. And he was like, what the fuck is going on here? We let this guy go? He was saying, the prime minister of Canada was saying, we let this guy go? You got to look at who's dealing with this, and and in my opinion, I've said it before, is that you have a lot of people involved with social services. I've seen it myself firsthand, who are very optimistic, who are very forgiving, who are good people. They get involved and they see the best side of everything, right? Like that's that's the way that psychiatrist was talking about it, Soren or whatever his last name was. He um, mm-hmm. he believed Vince. He beca- but they could never imagine what it's like to, to be a criminal or imagine what it's like to be a manipulative person because they're not. So they're easily manipulated. Well, you know, I think you bring up you bring up the exact point that Mindhunter brought up uh, in the book is that psychologists, psychiatrists, um, they have to look at things from a, a recuperation recovery Perspective that they are not uh, they are not there to view it from a criminal perspective. They are looking at it from a clinical perspective, which the argument that he made was that is never the right guy to contribute to legislation for criminal acts. You know, it, it is a that is a whole different field. Yeah, and that and and that they're they're not the right people to be contributing to to what happens to someone on a criminal on the criminal side. Of of uh, when it comes to mental illness, yes, man. I, I I'm getting it all mixed up. But it, no, I hear he you. He said it so beautifully. I'd have to find it, but it's so beautiful the way he put it. But you imagine you have a vehicle in front of you that just hit like five kids who were trying to cross the street after they got off the bus and it murdered all five of them. Okay. The driver is mental illness. Sorry, or the car. What what what's what in this situation? Okay, so the car killed these kids. Okay. But someone was controlling the car. So, in car land, where they're uh, judging cars based on their behavior, say there's this whole cars land, Mm -hmm. they say, hey, the car's not responsible because a human driver was there and the human is representing mental illness. So the the human never goes on trial. The human just floats away. Right. And they let the car go and they hope that the human will never find that car again. But they never put it or find a car again. Yeah, and they and they never even understand what the human is. They don't even know what human land is. They have no idea what it is. But they put locks on the car, which are like medication, whatever, so that a human cannot get back into that car. Mm. But if the car does not take those medications and put the locks on itself, then the human can step back into it. And it has not only just every human available, but it has their one specific human mm. that has already shown a proclivity for wanting to run kids over with its vehicle. You let that car go without anybody checking in to see and make sure that it's regularly locking its doors. That's what happened here. Right. That's the rub. Like, in my mind, it should be part of the thing. You, man, you, you obliterated a person. So there should be some extended level of mental health assessment that needs to be done on you. You basically criminal prison and then mental prison to ensure that you have, but, but then again, that's that that's the mind hunter problem. Is we have these psychologists that are saying, no, he's he's showing that he is, uh, you know, recovered. Right, right. So, so here's how we're good. Here's how, here's how we kind of wrap it up, right? Here, here's really okay. Wait, really quick. Sorry. On that, do you know what that the the, the apples to apples for that would be? This potatoes, tomatoes, for, tomatoes to potatoes for that would be this. If if a psychiatrist is allowed to say. He has, he has shown through my time with him that he has recovered, that, that he is no longer a threat to society mentally. That is just like this. It's like, yes, this guy went out and shot a bunch of people. We put him in prison, but guess what? He's been a nice guy for a month in prison. Mm-hmm. He's, he hasn't done that again. 
He hasn't done. He hasn't shot people in prison. Right. So let's let him go. But what has he shown? But that's that's exactly my point. He's shown that he's okay as long as he's got people looking over him, as long as he's on his medication. Exactly in a vacuum. And then they take that away. Yeah. That's that's my that's the problem I'm having. I'm like criminally we don't do that. The guy the guy will be there for 25 or whatever. But mentally, uh-huh. a, a psychiatrist can say I've been evaluating him for nine months and he's been consistent for nine months and he's on his medication, so we're good. Yeah. No, you don't let a guy out of jail after nine months because he's been good in prison. You can put Ted Bundy in the Big Brother house with us with everybody being female and he would not kill one woman. Yeah. You know why? Because he knows he's on national TV, he knows that he's got cameras on him the, the entire time. And, yeah. But but you put him in, in a sorority house full of women where there's there nobody watching, then you got a dead sorority house. <laughs> <laughs> a full uh, the house didn't kill anyone. Ted went in that house. <laughs> oh, maybe the house did. Who and knows? killed all the humans. Oh well. <laughs> Poor Ted. That's Poor Ted, the house was talking to him. Yeah. All right, so I think uh, we did not cover anything, but we covered as much as like emotionally we feel about the case. Um, anything else up? It, really, like the the mother of Tim McLean, I, I tried to touch on that. She was, you know, she's she's so upset about this. She can't believe that her son's eyeballs were eaten, that his heart, a third of his heart was eaten. You know, like he had a child. He, he has a baby that's out there. He's 10 years old now who is, like, fucked up from it. I've, I've, read, about, I've read about him, too. He, like, his, his dad was beheaded and, and eaten on a bus. Um, and you got, uh, you know, you got, you got uh, so, much, so, much, uh, so much harm in the, in the wake of this. Yet you have Will Baker, Vince Lee, Will Baker able to change his name. Hey, real fast, I'd like to say this. Vince Lee Wilbaker, I bet you if I met him today, I'd like him too. I bet you I'd be like, oh man, clearly the guy's mentally ill. Well, I like, I would have liked Ted Bundy. I would have liked Gacy. I really would have liked those guys. I would have been like, well, that guy's magnetic. I should go paint houses for him. Yes, me too. You got to remember what they did, man. Yeah. And you got to remember what they're capable of. Like he is capable of doing something like this or, or even, you know, something even remotely similar to this. He's capable of it. He's already, he's broken the seal. Or the law should at least, I don't man, I feel like we've kind of been very, what have we been on this episode? Very, uh... Unprofessional? Militant. <laughs> uh, yeah, very emotional, but, but the law should at least pretend that it cares about... Because here's the thing, if, if there is one person who has closure in this whole situation... Who? A positive closure that, that's Vincent... He's the only one that has closure. He doesn't even have closure because I bet you fucking I bet you a million dollars he can't believe he's free. The first thing he said when he went in when he got the bus was shoot me. When he got when he got into when he got in, into into in front of the judge, he said, Why don't you just kill me? Kill me. He said that's you have anything to say, Vincent Lee? Kill me. Yep. Please, is what he said. He said it the whole time, and that played into like, you know, why they let him go. And he meant it. He did want to be killed. He thought he should be killed. And I mean, I don't know if he should have been killed. Um, but I, uh, I definitely know we should not be free, you know, 45 minutes, half an hour away from my house where you can take a bus out here and my son can hop on the same one and uh, maybe he was off his meds that day and my son says hello to him and ends up, you know, in the back catalog of some goddamn snuff magazine that you subscribe to, huh? Well, I'd say this, and this, uh, I, you know, I, I, I hesitate to be this critical but the whole situation seems like there was a miscarriage of law enforcement on scene and everything. I, I think literally he could have gotten off that bus with that, that Bowie knife in his hand and charged the cops and they probably still wouldn't have shot him. It seemed like there was so much passivity. Well, welcome to... With, with all of this. Welcome to Canada, man. Yeah, well, I'm moving to Canada then. I'm going to become a bus driver in Canada where I can just kill all the people on the buses. When was the last time you heard, like, uh, I don't know, any kind of police brutality going on here in Canada? Although it does happen. They, they do beat on people, believe me. But here, the irony, here's irony. The, the person that I think has gotten the most extreme punishment in Canada is a girl. And she's from America. Who? <laughs> she's from the U.S., Remember the Lindsay Savada? Yeah, the one that went up there to 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 shoot up a mall and Yeah, she didn't even do it. She didn't even do it, but she's got she's got such a bad she's got she's in trouble up there, but it takes an it takes a 
person from the U.S. to go up there and really get, you know, the, the wrist slapped. Yeah, it's embarrassing, really, man. You look back at all of it. You look back at Paul Bernardo, it's like, a few years ago, Paul Bernardo was coming up for parole. Carla Homoko is free. And, and on all those videos, Carla Homoko with the Paul Bernardo case, I know we shouldn't be getting into all this. We'll cover it in the future. But, like, Carla Homoko was... Paul Bernardo never stopped... Oh, God. Man. He never started killing girls until he was with Carla, okay? And, and, and not saying that he wouldn't have. But Carla was, was upset. Carla was upset that he was uh, he was cheating on her, in a way, probably. And she was left alone with the girls. And right. A lot of horrible things happened to those girls when Carla was alone with them. And when they looked at the videotapes that were hidden by the lawyer up in a ceiling duct or whatever it was, Carla did a lot. And she's free, dude. And then, and then Paul Bernardo comes up for, for parole and everybody hears like, oh my God, are they going to let him go? We had to think for a minute. Yeah. We had to be like, are they going to let him go? Right. Like that's like for you guys, like for in the States, that's like BTK coming up for parole and being like, are they going to let him go? Right. Can you imagine even asking yourself that? Well, man, he, I, I just finished kind of a deep dive on John Wayne Gacy. And if that had happened today in Canada, oh, dude. He might be working at your local McDonald's. Not managing it. He very well would be. Not might be, would be. He'd own one. He'd go back and own a KFC, you know. He, he'd lean on that Kentucky Fried Chicken degree he got. Yeah, man. You know you got a degree, right? Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, though, I mean, what do you do? Okay, can you think of a case like a serial killer in Canada? Mm-hmm. Clifford Olson. Does the law does the law apply still? Like a serial killer get out in 25 years? Yes. Yeah, man. Holy. Sure. I don't swear, but, ja- but, but Jack, holy crap. <laughs> Hey, earmuffs. Sorry. No, I mean, it, 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 it can happen. I, I doubt Bernardo will ever get out. Here's the thing. We, we are tr- How do they get around that in Canada? Let me ask you that. 25 years comes. How do they get around that? If it, the dude is just like a monster. Uh, it does, has Canada ever like disobeyed its law, its rules, and like, kept someone longer? Kept someone? <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. No, no they, they, they have totally done that, man. Okay. Well, then I have hope. I'm, yeah, well, I don't have hope for the future. It depends. See, the longer something doesn't happen, the longer things are easy, the, long, the longer, in my opinion, okay, I'm not trying to pontificate here, which I absolutely am, but the, the, this is how I feel with the coronavirus. You need something to, to, to let people know, like, hey, man, you're, it's, everything's not, you know, butterflies and fucking bubblegum here, man. Like, it's nasty out there yeah things happen like we can't be completely optimistic all the time so that's that's uh let's take like a sharper eye on on certain things like a vince lee dude come on man come on yeah come on i think i think we call that a those events unifiers 9-11 was a unifier yes sure well vince lee should have been a unifier for canada i remember at the time everybody felt it everybody felt it everybody you talked to couldn't barely even speak about it it, it was that bad. And he got let free. Unbelievable. But um, no, no. Uh, once, once in a while, you need to be toughened up by something. Once in a while, you need like a little bit of a warning shot. All these kids, all these white knights out there who, um, you know, act like everything's hunky-dory. And why, why can't things be completely fair all the time? And why can't things be nice and cookies and milk and all that? These pussies are going to be running for the hills when something real comes. I just I can't wait for the for the real men and the real women to come back and some real decisions to be made on on uh, real crimes and and real situations going forward because the decision made on this pussy dude yeah it's hard pussies this has been pretty heavy hey can uh, how about I lighten the mo- can I leave you with the joke speaking of things that are discarded like heads and bodies and mm-hmm. laws that sh- make sense mm-hmm. uh, here's a joke for you. Feel free, everyone that is listening to the sound of my voice, feel free to use this one. It's right on the border of political correctness. Mm. Just so you know. It's rated R. Ra- no, no, no. I would say it's rated TVMA. Here we go. What do you call a couch that has just been thrown out on the street? I don't know. You calm me down by saying couch somehow, but a couch that has been thrown out on the street, I don't know. Yeah. What do you call it? Nothing? Okay. I don't know. What do you call it? A homeless sectional. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like a homosexual, eh? Well, no, no, man, it's homeless sectional. Oh. <laughs> What do you call a character that's been thrown on the street? A homosexual. A homosexual. Got it, got it, man. That's hilarious. Not a homosexual. Oh. Don't say that. You oh. can't say that. Oh. You live in Canada. Right, right, right. Trudeau will come in like... What do you call a catch that's been thrown on the street? A homeless sectional. Sectional. That's There you go. No. You got to break it up a little bit for your friends. <laughs> Especially if like you're in a loud place like a bar right. or an airport. Uh, you got to uh, break it up. Yeah, man. You know, it's funny is that um, homosexuals are like the funniest people in the world too, man. And it's funny that we tiptoe around them. You know why we tiptoe around them, though? <laughs> why? Because they tiptoe around us. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, bad, man. Hey, it's all love. We're just trying to be equal. Love is love, man. It's all about intention, man. It's all about intention. Lightheartedness, humor. All those hateful people, man. They're not funny anyway, so they're easy to spot. All right. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for letting me vent about this Tim McLean case. It really does bother me. I could talk for like three hours on it and repeat myself over and over and over again. All I see is myself or my brother on a bus trying to get home, and they got a child in the in, in the in the oven, and uh, they found a place where they want to go, and they just want to say hi to mom and dad, save up some money for a car where they can drive their pregnant girlfriend all the way out to this beautiful place that they found and share everything that they've uh, experienced out there on the road with their little family as they go. And as he's dreaming about this, some fucking dude from Wuhan, China, with, with not that it matters where he's from, okay? But, you know, like, like just some outlier. Like, where did he come from? You know what I mean? And he just comes here with a mental illness, can't explain himself to anybody. Um, the, the, there's a language barrier. There's, like, he's left on his own, to his own devices. And the voices get to him to a certain point where he buys a Rambo knife and fucking plunges it into this little guy. This guy is Vince Lee's 6'2", and Tim McClain's like 5'4", dude. This is like uh, yeah. this is like the rock on Al Pacino. It's not a fair match. So, that bothers me. But beyond that, yeah. Um, have a good night, everybody. Yeah, Karen, uh, boy. Karen, just turn this off. <laughs>